Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 450. You know what just came to mind is racing is life. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am completely revved up and ready to go and excited to introduce today's very special guest, Chad McQueen. Chad, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am at the Mark. <laughs> All right. Chad McQueen is a race car driver, an actor, a film producer, and consummate automotive enthusiast. He's raced many forms of motorsports, including motocross, the Baja 1000, SCCA, vintage events, and many others. He's a big fan of early Porsches, and he still owns and drives his father's 1958 Speedster in the hills around Los Angeles. It was the first car, first new car, that his dad ever bought. Most recently, Chad was a producer on a feature documentary titled Steve McQueen, The Man and Lama. It's a story of a life-changing passion for racing that his father had and involves the making of the iconic movie from 1970, La Mans. This film interweaves stunning new footage and private recordings with original interviews, including Chad, telling behind-the-scenes stories about risking everything to pursue a dream. Chad, I've told our listeners a little bit about you, and I'm going to kind of go through and ask you a bunch of questions here. But before we start, could you give us just a real brief little introduction of your life? I mean, I know your life is massive, uh, growing up with a dad like Steve McQueen, but Let's focus for just a brief minute on this new documentary. What brought you forward to bring out this story so people could learn more about the movie Le Mans? Well, I'll tell you, you know, uh, Mark, uh, when the picture first came out, the first weekend it tied uh, Dirty Harry at the box office, and then it kind of fell off. Over the years, this thing has become such a cult classic and hit. Uh, I go to racetracks all around the world, Europe, and Asia and whatever, anywhere I go, people, you know, especially the, which I care more about, the younger kids, 18, 19 years old that are in Formula 3 have seen the picture. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell me how many people, young drivers come up to me and say, how bitching. And to me, that is the audience that my dad wanted to address. And I don't think he gave a, a crap about uh, the general public he had a passion for racing and he wanted to share that with the public and if you talk to a filmmaker like jeff swart who's also a, a, a 
very seasoned wheelman. He talked to me about the first time he saw Lamar, and it was the first film that was really an immersive experience. And he says that film alone sparked my my interest in filmmaking and car racing. So, you know, things like that, that kind of person is what my dad wanted to direct this picture at. Yeah, you know, when that movie came out, I was about 12 years old, and my dad took me to that film. And then I saved up my allowance for my paper out, and I went back and watched it again and again and again. And it struck me, too, being a car guy. And I really enjoyed this documentary. I watched it three times in a row. One night, my wife came out and said, what do you keep watching that same show for? And I said, this is so interesting. So our listeners are going to learn a lot more about this as we move through the questions. But first, I always like to ask my guests for some kind of a success quote or a mantra that has some meaning in their life. Is there something in your life that comes to mind that is a success quote or that mantra that you try to live by? Yeah, don't trust anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what just came to mind is racing is life. Ah, yes. I was hoping, I was so hoping you were going to say that. That's one of those awesome lines from the movie. Why don't you elaborate on that a little bit as you saw your dad and his feelings about that saying in his life around racing and his passion for cars? Well, you know, listen, my dad was a very thorough actor, not just at Le Mans, which was just one notch above because he had so much passion for racing, but his uh, attention to detail, character-wise, mm-hmm. was second to none. And I've been on a lot of movies, and boy, his homework was thorough. That quote, Racing is Life, my dad actually lifted from the high-wire family, the Winlindas, ah. who said that the wire is life. So my dad took that and elaborated on it. Oh, very interesting. And that's a scoop. And by the way... um, Two months ago, in Motorsports Magazine, they did a whole, like, 10 pages on on the uh, on the new picture. Yeah. And last month, uh, with Jack Babmo on the cover, the new Motorsport has an editorial response to people writing in to the magazine. Mm. And I'd always heard that in the middle of the night, my dad hopped into the camera crew, but nobody would say yes or no. Uh, so, it, to me, it was kind of an urban legend. Yeah. Somebody wrote into the magazine that they were in the pit next door to my dad, and around midnight after the crowds had died down and the people weren't so interested in what was going on in the solar pit, he said he saw my dad get into the car. Now, that's the first time I'd seen that in writing, so I don't know. I'd like to talk to the guy. but Yeah, very interesting. Wow, very cool, and thanks for that scoop. That is really, really cool. Applying whatever your passion is to that phrase, racing is life, the wire is life, painting is life, horses is life, whatever it is, definitely gives us a taste of why your dad thought racing was so important, uh, despite everyone thinking of him as an actor. Now, you grew up around your dad, obviously. He's a car guy. Is there a story you can share with us that instigated your passion for cars, your personal passion for cars? Is there a, a pivotal moment? Listen, Mark, I mean, I grew up around really neat cars like the XKSS Jaguar. I mean, my dad had uh, Cooper Jr., Lotus, uh, the Speedster. And by the way, the, the on the intro when you said uh, that was the first new car my dad bought, it was also the first car he ever won a race in. Oh, no kidding. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, and also, I have my dad's, uh, that was same color as a Lamar car, the two-point liter 911S, all original and slate gray. Mm. Uh, that car in the picture was a 2.2 liter. Mm-hmm. And after the filming was done, he brought that car back to, to our home. 
and he only kept it for a year and a half, but he kept the 69 because, you know, I've driven both cars, and i got to say the 69, when it gets on the cam, is a little lovelier car to, to me. Mm, yeah, the, yeah, those are those are really special. That The cam change and the sounds that those motors make are really special. I always talk at this point in my discussion with people about challenges and failures they faced in their life and their career. You, your life has been fraught with all sorts of challenges. I know you had a huge accident racing, but... Is there one specific event in your life that was a big, big challenge to overcome? And I'd love for you to share that. But most importantly, what did you learn from it? How did you come out of that? What did it teach you? Well, number one, are you talking about the crash? Well, yeah, the crash. Yeah, yeah well, number one, I'm not invincible. And uh, number two, when you hit it over 100 miles an hour, it hurts. Oh, yes, yes. But, uh, you know, listen, I broke my neck. I broke two through seven. Oh. I've got 14 screws. Almost lost my left leg. I broke all my ribs on the right side. I was in a coma for three and a half weeks. And, you know, that was a big challenge. It took me a long time. Thank God I'm not paralyzed. And I had the Hans device on. Uh, they think maybe in the driver chains that the belt didn't go on properly. But, yeah. uh, you know, who knows? Uh, they were changing the seat belts morning. Now, where were, you, where were you racing when this happened? Daytona. Daytona, yeah. Okay, yeah. big, long endurance race. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, obviously, there was probably a long period of physical recovery, mental recovery. I mean, all that you had to go through. I mean, just to be able to drive again and enjoy my old cars. And 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 still, I mean, I'm lucky enough, like the Ingrams invite me to drive their massive collection of Porsches. Oh, uh, yeah. And they invite, uh, I was at DIR and got back uh, in a cup car. And Mark Webber was there and Patrick Long. And I did, you know, 120 laps in one day. So, Oh, my gosh. Thankful I can do that. And uh, I'm thankful that people still give me the keys to their Porsches. <laughs> well, you're very fortunate. I've had Cam Ingram as a guest on the show. Bob's going to be a future guest coming up real soon. And you mentioned... Bob, I, I, you cannot ask for a lovelier family. Yeah, they are awesome. And you mentioned Jeff Swart, Patrick Long. They've both been guests here on Cars Yes. Now, let's shift gears here. Talk a little bit about career aha moments. Your career has gone in all different directions, all the things you've done. Is there a, a pivotal point in time when you decided that you wanted to make this film, you wanted to be involved in this film uh, about your father and the making of Le Mans? Well, yeah, I'm a producer on it. And uh, listen, there's a great book by Mike Kaiser called A French Kiss with Death, yep. which really, for the first time, talked about everything that happened during the production. And you saw it. Uh, I mean, it wasn't an easy thing on my dad. Yeah. What sparked it was a French kiss with death. And I said, wow, this is really interesting. Five years go by, and my partner in McQueen Racing, Dave Green, we hashed out a treatment, sent it to some people in Europe, and it stuck with Andrew Marriott, and it stuck with Andrew and Gabriel. Mm -hmm. They're really fine makers, filmmakers. We got into the Cannes Film Festival, which is a huge honor. Oh, yeah. And that was a ha-ha moment. I don't even own a suit, Mark. <laughs> you, had to put, you had to go buy your first suit, huh? <laughs> uh, with a clip-on tie. There you go. <laughs> then that was an aha moment for me. But uh, things just progressed from there. And then one of the producers uh, did a documentary that I was in love with, Anna, which I'm sure you saw. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, you should get Derek Bell and... and guys like that on your show if you haven't already but it's lucky that nobody got killed you know yeah i mean david piper lost his leg oh gosh yeah and uh, i mean that was a heavy heavy thing that happened uh, and as i explained in the documentary my dad came and got me and said i want to show you what can happen in motor racing yeah. and i just remember seeing that 917 over the whale 
the thing that stuck with me the most, and I say this in the documentary, when we pulled up, thank God the fuel tanks got ripped off or it would have been a lot worse for poor Dave. Yeah. But uh, the thing that stuck in my mind, uh, when you're going into White House, uh, that right-hander, there was a bunch of, there was a pasture there where Dave went off and the cows in there and seeing a wheel assembly like 50, 60 yards away, I mean, that just blew my mind out. Anybody could live through that, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Michael Kaiser's been a guest on my, my show. We talked about a, a French kiss with death in that book. I have a copy I bought it years ago, but I'm so glad you brought a kind of visual life to it with this film. And, and you know, it's always interesting for people to learn about behind the scenes. They always want to know what was really going on and, you were a little boy during that time, so you were there. You were seeing it all happen. But And by the way, Mark, I won. My dad entered me the, every year before Le Mans. I don't know if they still do it. I think they do. They have a, a go-kart race. And ours were little Ferraris and GT40s and stuff like that. And there's a mini two-hour race. And that was my first auto race that I won. No kidding. So I, that was an odd moment. I, if you look at the picture, and I'll send it to you. Uh, okay. I look like I'd just seen a ghost. <laughs> oh, man. You're the envy. Yeah, I mean, I was young, but God, Mark, I mean, uh, I mean, it just had such a big impact on me because I love cars. And yeah. it burnt something into my heart and soul forever, you know? I think it did. Now, let's talk a little bit about proudest career moments. I would assume you've had many, but is there one that really stands out for you as being the proudest? I got to say, I'm proud of my kids. You know, uh, my older son, Stephen, is on Chicago Fire. My younger son, Chase, is uh, playing soccer for the uh, Galaxy in L.A. here. So nice. he's going up. My, my daughter uh, wants to act. They're the proudest thing. Now, now listen, I've, I've had, I'm proud of this documentary. I mean, it's doing tremendous. And yeah. obviously, with the success of this thing, my dad's vision openly proved correct. And it has a big following. Uh, I don't know if a lot of those are new eyes, which I hope, and they'll go back and revisit the film. Yeah. But, Mark, you know, I, I read something that Alan McNish wrote recently about how he loves that movie, and he goes back and revisits it once a year. Yep. So, again, we go back to my dad's vision was pretty pretty clear. Oh, I think it was. I've got a 22-year-old son, and the first time that came out on DVD – we sat down and watched it together, and he just looked at me and said, can we watch that again? I, I I think he was in his early teens. We watch it every year as well. We kind of pull that out and uh, just re-explore it. And by the way, what about that footage they uncovered? Ah. That, the lost footage? I mean, now, and, and those recordings of my dad's voice, it's not my favorite because he was dying, and that was really hard on everybody down there in Mexico. Yeah. But it did lend a poignancy to this piece, didn't it? Yes. Oh, it, absolutely. It's not just a rehashing. Uh, it's really a reliving is what the way I like to think of it. Uh, let's have a little bit of fun here. Now, you've had probably a lot of cool cars in your life, but I want to know, what was your first really special car? Well, can I tell you the first time that I drove a Porsche and discovered that was all there was for me? Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Like my two-liter, my dad ordered a 930 in 75, 76, I can't remember, mm-hmm. sold at auction at Meekin, but I was very aware of the RSR Turbo that came out with a wide flare rear end. I just, uh, I just couldn't stop looking at that. Yeah. So when I found out my dad ordered that 930, I was really happy. I used to have a lady named Julia that was a Chad Wrangler that watched me when my dad would go out of town. And my dad was up in Idaho. It was between Allie and Barbara, uh, visiting Barbara. 
and I would take the keys, I'd roll it out of the garage, back it down into the cul-de-sac at the end of the driveway, fire it up early in the morning, and drive that car. And I'm 15 years old, and you have a beautiful 930. Yeah. I learned it. 15 what happens when you lift the throttle off mid-corner oh yeah and uh, i mean i caught the car but uh i did this over and over and over again fell in love with porsche to no end and the coupe de gras to the story mark is uh i guess juliet called my dad in idaho my dad called me and said i'll be home in two days mm-hmm. next day i went out did the same routine and here comes the yellow cab the other way uh-oh with two of the biggest blue eyes looking right at me. I didn't, I didn't know whether to go to Mexico or to go home. Was, <laughs> Uh-oh, busted. Yeah, but, you know, he didn't give me a beating or, you know, he didn't yell or anything. He just said, you know, think about it. Maybe that was the wrong thing to do. Definitely you had a cool dad, that's for sure. But what a fun story. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, 930s, man, really special cars. I really enjoy mine now how about a car that you've owned in your life that you let go that you really wish you had back is there i'm sure there's probably a whole bunch of them but is there one that you just wish you had back in the garage and not for the money but for the emotion for the emotional attachment you know i had a three liter sc and slate gray and i wish i still had that i keep my soulmates you know uh i'm very choosy when it comes to cars so it's rare i let them go mm-hmm. that sc was a daily driver and i put my seventy thousand miles on it yeah which you could still do today. That would be a lovely daily driver. But uh, yep. no, I, uh, Mark, I, I really have no regrets, and uh, I've kept what I love. Yeah, lucky guy. Now let's touch base about this film a little bit real quick. And again, I want to remind our listeners, this is a wonderful documentary that Chad was a producer on about his father's involvement in the movie Lamar, titled Steve McQueen, The Man, and Lamar, if you could extract one thing out of this film that makes it so special for you to be involved with, what would that be? It would be showing the public, and this is the way my dad worked all the time. Once he made up his mind in uh, a direction he wouldn't go, he wanted to go. Nobody could talk him out of it. Mm. I think what I'm proud of, Mark, is that it shows no matter what happened when Hollywood came to take the picture away or tried to. Well, they did, actually, um, that he stuck by his guns. I mean, his vision, like I said, was very clear. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it's uh, it shows, one, that he stuck by his guns, and two, he was right about what he was doing through the camera. Absolutely. You know, it brings a, a lot of nice vision for those of us who didn't know your father. We're not that fortunate to what kind of guy he really was, because he has this persona on the film as his incredibly cool dude with blue eyes and handsome and a great actor but it really brings out the rawness of his passion for cars and racing it does dude and uh i mean you know i'm sure you read mcqueen's machines that was a few years ago yes and by the way can i uh, shamelessly plug something yes absolutely when my dad was pretty or pretty much grew up an orphan uh he had a never knew his dad pretty much had a mom that was not around uh, and he was stealing to basically eat and keep clothes on his back mm-hmm. the judge put him in a place founded in 1906 called the boys republic in chino hills california they sent my dad there and my dad told me one day son this place turned my life around and up until the time of his death he always gave money clothes in fact he left a chunk of money where they built a recreation center in his name nice Eight years ago, we started a car show there called Friends of My Dad's Name. You can look it up or go, or go on boysrepublic.com. Uh-huh. And we do a car show there that has just turned out to be 
beautiful event, and the money raised goes directly into the school. We're at a million two in our eighth year. Wow. This place has helped 30,000 troubled youth become productive citizens, and if you see what they do out there, it's amazing. So this car show is in the first weekend of every June on Saturday, so you have your Sunday off. Uh-huh. Come and enjoy it. Last year we had two 917s, a 917K, and a 917.10. Wow. The cars we get are just phenomenal. Mark, I'd like to invite you as my guest. Oh, wow. We do a dinner the night before. That's phenomenally fun, and uh, the kids make all the meal in the in the kitchen and the in the pastry uh, uh, department. It's it's fabulous. So keep that. Oh, and by the way, every year we do a theme. This year's my dad's film, The Getaway. Last year was on any Sunday. You, it's family friendly. Uh, there's glider rides. There's a motocross show, and the race cars and the eclectic mix of stuff we have is fantastic. So. If you would keep that in mind, uh, first weekend in June and on Saturday. Absolutely. I'll make sure that we uh, we post links to that event on your Cars Yeah show notes page so people can find it and learn about it. Of course, I'm going to promote the heck out of it on all the Cars Yeah and social Mark, media. Let me know if you want to come down and you'll be my guest at the dinner table and the next day, okay? Very gracious of you. Thank you so much. No worries. Now, Chad, here's a very introspective question. This is kind of a curious question. You're probably going to laugh at it, but I want you to really think about it. If you were a car, what kind of car would Chad McQueen be and why? Anything Porsche <laughs> because of the solid engineering. Absolutely. Now, let's narrow this down a little bit. I want to hear what model what year oh, you you can't do that Jimmy. <laughs> that's so unfair i know i know but i'm the host here i get to do whatever <laughs> i want <laughs> friend or foe mark oh i'm your friend buddy you know i'm your friend <laughs> let me tell you listen i've been fortunate enough to drive some very rare cars a 917 a couple times my dad's sebring winning uh class winner 908 uh-huh. a 910 rsrs new and old a 953 i drove so Listen, I just drove uh, recently Rob Dickinson. I drove a Singer. Have you driven one of those? Oh, I've driven in one. I've not had the pleasure of driving one. What a machine, man. Oh, uh, man, yeah. And i got to tell you, all, as you know, all the great Porsches, they stick with you for a couple weeks after you drive them. Yep. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make this easy, Mark. I'd come back as a 930. Ooh, okay. I like it. There we go. I had to push you a little bit, but I, I knew I'd get something out of you. But I think uh, 930 fits you, Chad. <laughs> well, Chad, up next is what I call the last lap, where we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Chad, we are back and we're entering the last lap. You're a racer. You know what this means. The white flag's out. It's time to put our foot into it. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready to go? No. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? 
Maybe it's that advice your dad gave you when he caught you in that 930. <laughs> you know, uh, keep your boot in it. Keep your boot in it. I like it. There we go. I knew I'd get one. Now, how about a personal habit? Is there a personal habit that you believe has helped you in your contributions to your success through the years? A bicycle. A bicycle, no. I'm an avid bicycle guy, and it gives you time to think everything out. I think you ride bikes, am I correct? Yeah, I love bikes, yeah. I am uh, thank God with all the metal in me, don't tell my doctor, but I still mountain bike. Yeah. And it's good for the head. It helps you think everything out, and uh, it's a great way to keep in shape and recover if you've got injuries. And uh, i got to say, man, I, everything starts with a, with a good morning a good bicycle ride, and the rest of your day is cake. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Now, how about resources? Now, I know you're not really a computer guy. You're not a guy that sits behind the computer. You're out doing things with your lives. But is there one resource or maybe a shout-out you'd like to give? You, you gave one to that car event, but maybe it's, this is a person, a place, or you know, something you uh, you think that Cars Yow listeners would, should really pay attention to. Listen, I want your guys to put their eyes on this documentary. That's why I'm here. That's why you... <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, uh, do that for me, and uh, okay. you'll learn something. And go back. If you haven't seen it, go go see Lamar, the movie. Yeah. And if you have, go revisit it. It's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's an immersive thing, and uh, you'll learn something. Absolutely. Now, at this point, I always ask a guest for a book they would recommend. Now, I just had Rob Dickinson on the show here. Obviously, Rob is the guy behind Singer. The automobiles there, the reinvented Porsches, if you will. And I understand you wrote the introduction to the book I'm sitting here looking at on my coffee table, One More Than Ten, Singer and the Porsche 911. So if you had to recommend one book, would that be the one? You know, I haven't seen it yet. They, Rob hasn't sent my copy. Is my is my cord any good? Rob, Rob. <laughs> I'm going to call him right after we hang up oh, here. <laughs> you got me thinking, is my uh, forward in the book okay? It's awesome. You did a really nice job. Yeah, it's really, really special. I love the picture of you and your dad there when you were a little boy. Yeah, it's really nice. You know, um, Mark, I'll go inside here. The music might be on. I'll try and hit it before. Uh, okay. I read a lot of Porsche books, and, you know, I get asked to do car shows, which is nice. And I know my era, but I've just started to discover pre-war cars and what balls these guys had. Oh, gosh, yes. And the machines they were driving. Yeah. Uh, incredible. I just finished the Brothers Rodriguez book, the big, thick one. Oh, the David Bull published. Yes. God, what a great book that is. And yeah. Michael Kajir just sent me 84 Hours of Endurance. Yes, another awesome one. Awesome. Also, I just finished one they sent me. This is called... Orange and Blue, The History of Golf and Motorsports by Michael Cotton. Ooh, that's new to me. Nice. Okay. Check that one out. And, of course, you've seen Jeff Swartz's 917 book, which is fantastic. I've got a copy. I do, yeah. Boy, you really are a car guy, Dick. Uh, just a bit, yeah. Just a wee bit. <laughs> just a wee bit. Now, what's the best way for our listeners to go and find your this film and, and watch it? Where Where can people find it? Well, it's everywhere. It's iTunes, you can get it, VOD, you can purchase a DVD. To me, uh, Mark, seeing it up on the big screen is, makes a difference night and day. Yes. But regardless, you're not going to be able to do that unless you've got a 70-inch screen at home, which, yeah. around, uh, which I recommend. So it's everywhere, man. All you got to do is Google it or you'll find it. Awesome. Great. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these awesome resources Chad's been so kind to share on his very own show notes page at carsia.com. 
And by the way, congratulations on 450. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. All right. I am so happy that you're my, uh, my one of my milestone guests. It really, really is important to me. Uh, the last milestone I hit was 400 with uh, Patrick Long, who I know you know. You hang out with him. Yes, I do. Porsche driver that we all know about. Now, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question I'm going to ask you can be a real doozy. Okay. If you could have only one collector car in your garage. I'm sorry, buddy. I said just one. But don't worry about cost because if, if it's a car that you don't already have, I'll go out and buy it for you. In fact, I'm going to narrow this down. You already have some really awesome cars. So let's exclude those, okay? Oh. Let's talk about a car you don't have that you really would love to have. What would that vehicle be and why? God, dude, you've done it number <laughs> two. I got to tell you, I drove the Ingram's three-liter RSR. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, what a... Uh, Jesus. Are you modern or old? Uh, I want this to be a collector car, so it's got to be an old car. Yeah, a vintage car. I would say just for the sweetness of the chassis, the motor, the whole package, I would put a 908 in my garage. Oh, okay. Very nice. Now, 908s, you know, there's there's a lot of different 908s out there. I had Vic Elford on this show months and months ago. You know, he's driven 908s, every 917 model there ever was. Is there a particular 908, the livery? Is there one out there that you've seen like, that somebody owns that... Do I have to exclude my dad? Well, yeah. <laughs> God, you're, you don't give an inch. No, I don't. <laughs> you know, I like the long hack. The long tail's beautiful. Oh, yeah. God, and the 936 and Martini. <laughs> I know. There's so many cool ones. That's why, you know, it's a tough question, but it it, it kind of helps you focus down. But, you know, 908s are just, uh Yeah, yeah that was my first instinct. I got to go 908 Blunder, uh, 9082. So there you go. 9082. And, okay. Oh, wait a minute. What about a 9083? <laughs> I know. I know. Well, okay, let's at least we've gotten to those two. I'm I'm kinda leaning towards the three, but you know. Yeah, dude, I mean have you seen one in person? I have, yeah. Of course Rensport. Uh they've yeah. had him there and Have we met before? Uh we met very briefly when you were driving onto the lawn at um the works event last summer. You were driving one of the Ingram's car. I walked up to you and said hello. Uh it was early, early in the morning. I have a beautiful I'll send it to you. I'll text you a beautiful picture of you sitting in that car waiting to park it. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we met briefly then. Okay, Mark. Well I've been hitting our head hard, so excuse me if I if I forgot. That's okay. You meet a lot of folks, I'm sure. Yeah. Let's uh no, I'm gonna stick with the nine oh eight two just because I've driven it. Okay. And I know how sweet it is. I drove it at Daytona. It's fabulous. Awesome. Well nice choice, my friend. I'll uh I'll get shopping on that right away and ship that down to Los Angeles for you, okay? You know, I'll come pick it up. <laughs> oh, Don't worry. Okay, maybe we I'd, I'd love to go for a ride with you with you at the wheel. I think that'd be pretty fun. You know who you need to get on your show? Have you had Nick on? Nick. Which Nick? Hunsinger. Oh, yes, of course. Nick was a very early guest of mine. I've known Nick for a long time. I, I'm sitting here actually looking at his new calendar he just sent me. Uh, uh, Nick's awesome. Yeah, I know you guys are good. Did you ever see that thing you shot of us on Mahone called Canyon Carving? Yes, that is awesome. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I know. You guys have some fun. I know you guys jump in your cars and go out and drive the canyons and have a good old time. And gosh, I I wish I lived back down in Southern California so I could join you. I don't know if I could keep up with you guys, but... I, look, this might crash. I go like an old lady. You don't have to worry. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, uh, yeah. if you uh, get hold of Nick or me when next time you come down, I'm going to set up a drive up uh, up a canyon oh, for a day. There you go. That sounds like a dream come true. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Chad's been so kind to share with us today at CarsYad.com. Just put Chad in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. I want you all to go out, find this film, watch it. Once you watch it, you'll watch it over and over again like I did. It's absolutely fantastic. You did a spectacular job of bringing some history to this. So the movie Le Mans, it's already been history. Bravo to you and the team that you worked with. Really nice. Chad, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for talking with me and to our Cars Yeah listeners today. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. You got it, Jeff. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.